Hello, I'm Georgie Corridge-Cole and welcome to today's Sherlock's podcast. Today is a parenting special and we're sponsored by French pharmacy brand La Roche-Posay and their baby skincare line that's loved by mums, dermatologists and industry insiders. The products we particularly rate include their Hero Lipicar Body Balm, Lipicar Body Wash and Cicaplast Balm, containing minimalist hypoallergenic formulas that really help hydrate, soothe and protect your baby's delicate skin. They're effective, yet gentle and accessible, and it's easy to see why dermatologists recommend using their products as part of your baby's and children's routines. To find out more and to shop La Roche-Posay Baby, visit boots.co.uk. I'm joined on this podcast by Laura Black, Sherlock's managing editor and mother of three, and Louise Rowe, broadcaster and journalist, mother of one and soon to be mother of two. Welcome, Louise. Welcome, Laura. How are you? Hello. Thanks for having Hello. me. It's great to have you remotely on the first day of half term. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I sort of say with slight anticipation as I look out of the window and it's absolutely pissing with rain. Anyway, we will get through it. We've both Louis- just locked our doors, so I think that says a lot. <laughs> Yeah. I don't I have a lock on my door, so bear with me. Well, you need to get one, Laura. You've got three children at home. I highly advise it. So we've got lots to chat about today. But can we start with what your situation is, Louise? Let's start with you. You have one and she is how old? She is three, Honor, and in a great phase of being very funny, actually. And we still get some tantrums, but it really is as cliched as that sort of out of the mouth of babes. You're just like, did you really just say that? There's lots of entertainment and I'm shattered. I'm, what am I, about six and a half months pregnant now with, a, oh. with another little girl. I'm really happy actually oh. to have two girls. But yeah, I, yeah. I, my energy suddenly goes, whoa, off a cliff at about six o'clock. My youngest is four. But we've struck a deal, her and I. She's pinky promised that she's not going to turn five. And I think the three and four years phase is just the sweetest. As you say, the stuff they come out with, you're just like, my God, don't get any bigger. I want you to stay this age forever and ever. She announced she was moving in with her best friend the other day. And they were taking two nannies and a cook. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, and they're in a little Living the dream. I know. Wouldn't that be lovely? Live with a girlfriend, a nanny and a cook. I mean, it'd be heaven. It? How's pregnancy second time round? I mean, you said um, you were knackered. It goes in a flash, doesn't it, second time round? Yes and no. The first trimester was tough with honour and it was with this one too. I just had 24-hour nausea. I just did a vlog about it, actually, and it oh. was it was pretty miserable. It was in our second lockdown, so I, I just didn't talk to, you know, there was no one to sort of talk to or anything. But I've since, knock on wood, felt a lot better, more energetic, been doing even just a little bit, but exercising every day makes my head feel better. And you're right, I think it has whizzed by, but it's also a funny old year to be pregnant. I mean, I'm grateful that there's zero FOMO. I'm not missing any parties (laughs) or fun moments, but there's also, you know, a layer of anxiety that's there that, you know, my husband can't come to any appointments or scans and I don't know if he'll be allowed in for the birth for very long. Sorry, he's not allowed to a scan no but they do give you the um, heartwarming advice that he needs to stay nearby should they need to give you bad news so I'm like great okay oh. just just circle the car park <laughs> oh my god yeah so there are things like that that are tough but I think it yeah. this is tough for everyone in every and do you way. get all the normal appointments or are they well, reduce those I think you do but I had my daughter in America so this is very different territory for me so I'm not really sure and luckily I've got a couple of girlfriends who are GPs who have given me advice but I'm not sure is the answer to that I think you get less here anyway so I haven't seen much you get much less my nephew was born in the states <laughs> my sister-in-law sent me a list and she was like Georgie I've been offered about 36 different tests if I do every one of these tests, we'll have to sell our flat. What do you advise? And I was like, bloody hell. I mean... Yeah, my friend said, you've really done it the wrong way around. You should have done it here first and yeah. then had like this luxury over there. <laughs> but it is very different. That's true. Very, very. And you're having another girl. God, that's so lovely. I think to have, you know, have a same sex sibling, I think is like really lovely. How amazing. And is your daughter so excited? She is. She's being... So far, amazing. I don't know if you've got any tips for, you know, having a sibling, because I know it can be 
a tricky time, lots of change, and they're suddenly sharing you with someone and mm. sharing toys and stuff. But so far, she's been very, very sweet and excited. Oh, yeah. I think God. as soon as it comes, they can't remember. They can barely remember two days ago. They crack on pretty quickly, don't they? Laura, talk us through your setup for people that don't know. You have three That's... under six child care reports. I'm job. Anna, welcome home. How's that going? Yeah, really well. I'm absolutely <laughs> loving it. I really recommend it. Um, yeah, I have three children. I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old and a three-year-old. Oh um, and we went into <laughs> third lockdown and my au pair's father sadly had a heart attack. So we came down to my mum's and we've actually been here ever since. And it's full on, but we're beginning to find a rhythm, I think, just in time to go back to school. It is looking brighter, isn't it? I feel today that, you know, they're talking about then the grandparents see their grandchildren and mixing with another family and not being so tight on the restrictions around children see each other out of school. It really feels a little bit brighter doesn't it yeah the headlines are looking good yeah it has to at some point this has gone on forever but I've always approached those headlines with trepidation because we had all that with like I would never cancel Christmas yeah (laughs) and I would never shut schools again (laughs) (laughs) so I don't know we'll see I said to my husband the other day I said I'm just not born to be in my house every single night of the week like that is just not how I'm constructed I am a social being and then suddenly a few friends have started to say, should we put a date in for this? And should we put it? And I'm, I'm sort of like starting to feel a bit anxious about being that busy again as well. So it's weird, isn't yeah. it? How you do adjust. 100%. Yeah, definitely. When's D-Day, Louise? Uh, the end of May. Gosh, quite soon. Yeah. Quite a clever time, I think, to be pregnant. And as you say, not miss out on things. What's your childcare setup? You're obviously at home with your husband. Is your daughter, is, is on her at nursery? Or um, she yes, home? she is, luckily, most of the days of the week. So that was a saving grace. But we don't have any childcare. So um, it is a big juggle. You do like, okay, you do that time slot. I'll do that time slot. And yeah. then that all falls apart. doesn't really work. But I think there's also, and I know I know this might sound like a lot of people are sort of trying to sentimentalise it, but there, there are definitely moments that we wouldn't have had with our families. And I remember when I was pregnant with Honor, it was so different because I, I remember counting hours on planes because you're not supposed to go over a certain quantity when you're pregnant. And, and I was like, oh, I can't do that work trip and I can't do that work trip because of this. And it was just completely different. And yes, I do miss that. But there's also an element, I think, of being forced to stay at home that does just ground you and give you a different perspective and the little oh, moments so are lovely yeah I agree my husband put a, a like a work trip in my diary the other day for 2022 and I kind of had a bit of a flip of oh god it's gonna start again off you go again yeah I know I really think we'll look back and feel sort of so nostalgic also I don't know about you but normally at the weekends I mean my children are a bit older than 10 and 8 and 4 but the weekends have become tennis lesson golf lesson and literally just racing to get to the next thing and it's just sort of it's quite nice to wake up on a Saturday morning and be like what are we going to do today where should we go for you know just no where should we go for a walk yeah where should we go for a walk (laughs) (laughs) anyway let's talk about how everyone's keeping their children entertained because as I said today doesn't mark the start of half term luckily it looks like there might be a bit of hope on the horizon but that doesn't mean yeah also it's looking like 15 degrees towards the end of the week heat wave yeah but I mean I don't think suddenly all the activities and all the places you might have taken them are are about to reopen it is going to be a slow and steady you know release isn't it from this lockdown so what at home have you been doing to entertain them Uh, Louise what are you doing Um... with Honor? We haven't done anything out of the ordinary, building train tracks, building houses, making tiaras, painting, cooking. I made a carrot cake that was an absolute disaster with her yesterday. I'm the worst oh. baker ever. And she was so sweet. She went, don't worry, mummy, I mess up sometimes too. Oh, so sweet. And I was like, that's so sweet. It, honestly, it was disgusting. My fault. And then luckily we've got a garden. So lots of that, although I have found this last week too cold to go on proper walks it's just been jeez it really that wind the wind yesterday was just like biting yes so I am glad for this veritable heat wave and so yeah probably nothing that different to everybody else but just trying to be not too much telly you know that's Mm. I know but it is hard and I think you've got to do what you've got to do yeah units of time Laura what about you I don't know really what I'm doing to keep them busy I think the school day has given us a bit of structure so far my son who is three just kind of has no structure and but seems to have a lovely time 
you know, watching TV, playing with his toys, getting spoiled by my mom. That's a great like, thing about three, isn't it, though? I, I really yeah. feel like three is when you turn the corner and they can suddenly play by themselves. It's, yeah, it's and a- I feel really, as well, I feel lucky as a whole, really, for the ages of my children during lockdown. A, because they're all quite close in age, so they still play together. I don't feel like, you know, I've got sisters that have older children that just fight the entire time, and I think mine still are young enough yep. to play. <laughs> Having said that, the homeschooling, there is zero independence, and that needs a lot of hand-holding, so I guess pros and cons. But we have just bought on Amazon a projector. So I know you have one already, Georgie, but we just put it up in we do it in the bedroom and they all we make like a den with all the duvets and stuff and they're allowed some popcorn and it just gets like a cinema screen on the wall and it has been the biggest hit it's safe for weekends but they all sit down and have a um have a film and I created a shop where they could come and get some popcorn and yeah it was really sweet sweet. so that's been really good for 70 quid it's an absolute bargain yeah that's that's a really good idea brilliant actually I did hear this company the other day where they'll come and set up little teepees in your house so there's like a unicorn one for girls cowboy for boys whatever and they come and put fairy lights up and these little teepees I thought that sounded so yeah it's really sweet I mean again mine are young enough to love that we've got a brilliant Amazon bargain and it's like a little disco light oh yeah so we of fun <laughs> so have we we had a disco on Saturday night oh my god it was just and those are the things that you know we wouldn't necessarily have done before yeah and it, yeah just had a good and, old um, disco. those um, lights are just the best aren't they aren't they like 20 quid or something yeah or less a, a disco less. bath I can highly recommend disco baths for toddlers brilliant yeah <laughs> we've actually nice. just put one in um it's coming out in our parenting daily edit there is one that goes in the water I think oh which wow. I was quite excited when I saw that I definitely check really... before you yeah. chuck it in the bath yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> what yeah, about yours recover. Georgie they're a bit older they are the fighting is a is a recurrent theme and my four-year-old is a nursery and they do afternoon clubs as well so she's a nursery and then I've got my 10-year-old is homeschooling and then my son has learning difficulties so he actually gets to go in to school so that has been a bit of a godsend so he's at school from eight till four and that's amazing so actually this time round it's been a lot easier for us because he requires a lot of help. So um, yeah, it's been a lot easier. And and then this week will be interesting because there's no homeschooling and they're all at home. So it will be interesting juggling it. But yeah, I mean, God, I, I'm sort of a movie a day. I quite like just so there is, you know, some quiet time and yeah, walks, art, cooking. Yeah, um, I mean, I didn't think I could, we could humanly get through as much paper as we do drawing pictures. I mean... I feel so mean, but you know, when they come in giving you another picture and then that evening oh. I'm like folding them up and chucking them in the bed and then the next morning <laughs> it's like, Mummy, why is that in the bin? <laughs> oh my god, mighty the thing that irritates me the most is when my children go through the bins. I'm like I, I'm so ruthless. I'm, I'm like it wasn't me. I didn't do it. Ask Daddy. I never put it <laughs> My daughter from nursery, she comes home with a load of basically recycled rubbish that other people were going to put in the rubbish, but instead they donate it to the school and then they send it home with someone else. I mean, I don't want Claire's freaking empty egg box. Thanks very much. <laughs> you get a separate secret bin. I, do you know, I, I could really do, because the stuff I throw away, I mean, honest, my, I, I'm really quite ruthless. I always say to people, don't send me Christmas cards or thank you letters, because I open them, I read them, and within five seconds they are in the bin. Well, I, like I'm a, an anti-clutter person too, so I have too, to say, yeah. I, lo- I did a big sort out yesterday, and it's like the most cathartic thing. I think everyone has used a bit of the lockdown time to go through stuff yeah. that they haven't had time to but yeah I'm with you I think it's amazing though that with our children we've spent you know so long making plans and filling every sort of unit of the day I think it's really taught me that actually we don't need to fill their diaries our diaries with stuff for them to do you know I think we always panic I look down the sort of bound of the holidays and think god we've got to plan something for every day but actually you don't you just need to be with them and spend some time with them and actually they are pretty happy having a game of uno and going to the park and coming back yeah it's a simple thing isn't it Yeah, yeah which is so obvious but it's it is just so true and I always panic that we haven't got enough planned. but I think there's just... actually scientific research that backs that up too. I read a long piece about that 
uh, last year, so all before COVID, but it was exactly that, that actually if it's sort of overstimulation, overbooking up is not as great as we thought. And um, it's that I think when I was little, you know, you're kind of your, your imagination needs a bit of quiet for it to kick in. And, yeah. and sometimes that's literally in the garden with a bit, a lot less stuff. Um, yeah. And then, and then you're kind of away and that, obviously it maybe doesn't work for all kids but I do I do believe in that Mm. my mother would say a saucepan and a wooden spoon that's what you were happy with (laughs) (laughs) it does make a horrible noise though doesn't it yeah Um, let's talk a bit more about your pregnancies ladies Louise you said you had nausea quite badly is that something you had first time around yes really badly for me it was 24 7 so I'd wake up in the middle of the night and feel like that but it was just nausea, i.e., I won't go into detail, but you're just sort of going, oh, okay, oh, no, okay. And, oh, God, and that's, just, is that even worse, though? Because you almost can't get over the hill. Exactly. Well, this time what was different is the fatigue was even more. So I would literally come up, climb up the stairs and, and it was like I'd been hit by a bus and I, I'd have to sit down and, you know, felt dizzy and stuff, which if you weren't pregnant, you'd be like, there's something really wrong with me. I'm really ill, you know. But no, it's just a pea-sized person making <laughs> you feel unbelievable. Unbelievably awful. And I think the other thing is with lockdown and everything, as working women and who like to be busy and, and fulfilled, I felt so unproductive. It really bothered me. I know it might sound silly, but just even not being able to do go for a walk or finish a couple of emails in a row, I was just like, oh, you just feel a bit. Yeah. It gets I you totally down. get that. Yeah. You're like, I want mm. to achieve something. And is that nausea? Is that what Kate Middleton had? No, she had, um, what's the word for it? when it's Hyperemesis. Really... Yeah. Something. It's when you Awful. don't stop Horrendous. So she was in hospital okay. and on a so trip. So she was physically puking. Yes, and I think it's dangerous because your hydration is so low. So yours was real nausea. How do you deal with that? Is it, is it do you keep eating? I mean, I remember yes. having to eat a lot of ginger nut biscuits. Um, yeah. Georgie, did you feel sick too then? I remember no one at work knowing and standing in the kitchen and just leaning over the sink and Nicole our old marketing manager coming in she was like are you all right you're literally green and I was like yeah I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine but it, it went very much after the first trimester but yeah ginger nuts so what did you eat little and often and whatever I could it would there was very little I could kind of stomach you know and so if yeah. it was okay I could do a little spag bowl or a cheese on toast it was stodgy carby cheesy and then thank goodness, like you said, after the first trimester, I'm quite healthy. I like fish and veg and fruit and naughty stuff too, but I generally like fresh things. I didn't want any of that, but it flipped Yeah, out. I remember no. green vegetables in the first yes. 12 weeks were literally the it's worst. Weird, isn't it? I just couldn't, yeah. And that's and so think funny. That Why? You would crave that because your body needs yeah. all that iron, which I now crave. And actually, I never eat steak, had one the other day. It's funny. It really is your body going. How weird is that? that? I, assume, yeah. I assume that was me. I yeah, white food. I really wanted white food i remember with two of my pregnancies at the end like on being a crazed woman trying to locate watermelon because i just wanted that like cold water yes but like at the beginning i couldn't have horrendous i wanted ice lollies that was obviously a similar thing uh laura how are your pregnancies so my first two pregnancies were ivf i was lucky i didn't really get the sickness so i'd say on that side of things it was pretty good but i was just quite neurotic i think i think after going through everything you just want to hold on to them so much and actually on my second one I they thought that I'd miscarried but actually thankfully I hadn't so my second pregnancy was much more Gosh, I didn't Laura, yeah I, I was just a bit that now yeah god it was I horrendous that. I'd forgotten that happened so Gosh. and then because my number one also came quite early then I was just monitored really closely for the other two because they all wanted to make an early arrival. But luckily How I managed to keep them in. How early was born? She was five weeks early. Gosh. So not crazy, but she she was fine. She was didn't need extra help. But I think you're monitored a bit more closely. So Can I also just jump in there? Laura hadn't actually done her handover at work when she... <laughs> I, think, I think she'd done about a week of a month <laughs> handover. And she was sitting at her desk. I remember this so well, Laura. This was in the old days when I used to almost sit next to you. And we were in half of the office. I remember you being like, yeah, I think I better go and get checked out. And she left her stuff at her desk. And she never came yeah, back. That was oh, it. Never came back. Yeah. My husband was on a work trip or a work day out at Thorpe Park. 
because apparently that's what you do and um, <laughs> I had to call him and be like uh, okay the baby's coming like, oh my god what it's, do I have it, to come now it's interesting that because I think when they are early obviously the first concern is for the baby's health but yeah you're not ready mentally I think no. yeah you you have this date in your head and you think maybe on my daughter was a week early and I kind of weirdly expected that but the dream be, the dream be, though yeah that is just yes perfect. beyond that I don't think you're in the headspace yet. And it's like, no, hold on. I can just imagine yeah. myself being like, you just wait, please. I'm, I've just got a few more things to get yeah. done. <laughs> I felt robbed of like getting my nails done. Yes. Yeah, all Nesting. of that. And then I hadn't even packed a hospital bag. And I remember Willow came and she was, you know, five pounds nine and I sent Ed home to go and get some stuff and he came back with like a six month knitted all in one (laughs) (laughs) I've got a premature baby here yeah exactly that's not gonna cut it yeah what about you Georgie pregnancies were fine I think I was so busy with work that they just went by so quickly so, I think so that, yeah, when I'm... you say you remember me, I remember you. And I just remember you just popping out and just coming back with the baby. It was just it all seemed so quick. Yeah, it was actually. Coco was 10 days late. Otto was three days early. Mimi was on her due date. Oh, um, interesting. All I different. know, all different. And they got smaller, which again is not the norm. But yeah, I think I worked so up to the end with all of them that... I perhaps I didn't I don't know it it just sort of yeah it did happen and I came back to work quite quickly but they're also different aren't they every labor is I mean my babies all came really fast like when they were coming they were coming and with Coco Coco came so fast I didn't have time for an epidural and then the other two they basically said because you labor really fast and you need to have antibiotics in pregnancy the minute you feel a twinge come in if you want an epidural so with the other two I got in there so freaking fast because I was like I ain't doing that again with no pain relief Mm -hmm. I remember being there with my second who came extremely quickly and I was like this baby I was in the waiting room I was like the baby is coming out and they were like if you can just hold on I just need to get the antibiotics into your wrist like I can't really hold on there's a baby coming out if you could hurry up that would be great I had that too and we were luckily five minutes from the hospital because I think they drum it into your head don't come too early we'll send you home yeah I remember being told eat a snack because you won't be able to eat once you're in you know wash your hair so I did all of the above got back into bed and then also being told your water won't break like it does in the movies yeah most women don't feel it so I you know washed hair got back into bed and then my water broke so dramatically, it was like father of the bride. Oh. And I was like, this is all bullshit. Everything that they said, it's going, it's going very differently. And then my husband had not packed his bag. So classic. He looked at me and went, what shall I wear? And I was like, oh, you are God. not seriously asking me what you should wear when I'm literally having contractions. We raced in and uh, same as you, they, they said, oh, your doctor's actually on a bike ride. Because there, you know who your doctor is. That's the, the best part is knowing who it is. And I loved her. Can you just wait? Because she's actually now cycling to the hospital. I was like, how do I wait? Because I was just like you. I was I was like, no, I need to push. And they said, well, you know, she won't fall out. So just just wait. Those were their words. Just wait a minute. And then my doctor, it was a bit comedy sketch. My doctor comes in, still got the helmet mark on her head from this bike ride. Oh my and she's God. like, right, ready to go. Let's do this. <laughs> and she kind of made me laugh. So I, I did have an epidural, but I think it's a, a myth. I was told, you know, it can be too late. It can be too late. But actually the anaesthetist said, as long as you can sit still, doesn't matter how late it is, I can still give you one. So I oh, was really? like, okay. Yeah, I almost think I it's a bit that of a, too. a trick here to be a bit like, oh, you know, I've heard that. Well, from it's, but it can doctors. slow it down, can't it? And I think oh, they really? just want you in and out. Yeah. Yes, it definitely does slow it down having had, having had one with Oh, really? And it takes a minute to kick in. So I suppose they mm. think it might be pointless. But yes, it was, there were some funny moments. So I just thought, oh, wow. Talking about your husband asking what to wear, I remember again, my second came really quickly. I remember going, okay, we've got to go now, now, now. And I remember standing in the middle of the night on my street. He's quite particular to say the very least. And he was like faffing about in the boot of the car. And I was like, what are you let's go 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 and so like, I just need to get the towel you know just in case the water's break oh my god if the water's <laughs> anyway so are you going for epidural second time around Louise 100 percent yeah yeah I have to tell you with my third I got in on the 21st of December and there were a lot of women there hoping to have their babies we, we arrived and I went to the desk and I said I just need to tell you that I labor quite quickly and I've got group B strep and I want an epidural and they were like okay can you just go and sit in that room over there so we we went in and we sat there for about 30 seconds. I said to my husband, I was like, Hun, can you just go to the desk and tell them that I really, really want an epidural? And he's like, yeah, right, right. Goes to the desk, comes back. 
And I got off again about two minutes later. I was like, I- I'm still here. And I'm just telling you. I mean, there are honestly 12 of us in this room. And anyway, in they come a few minutes later. And 12 women all stand up thinking, it's me. It's me. It's me. And they went, yeah, apparently uh, there's a woman, Georgina, who, who re- really wants an epidural. And I was like, yep, that's me. And I, I got up. They put me in this room. And this woman comes in. I have to say, I was on the NHS. And she was in the Kensington wing. She said, yes, um, I don't actually work in this ward. But I was told there was a woman who was demanding an epidural so here I am and she put a makeshift trolley together and they managed to persuade her I don't quite know how to so you just gotta you gotta be quite pushy I'm so glad you told that story because that is going to be me because I have heard of a few of being sort of persuaded not to and then it's too late Mm -hmm. and all this and I'm like that's gonna be me banging on the desk the one they hate but yeah. you know it's your body and you need you, you want what you want so yeah I think the NHS are amazing I am so grateful for them and I had all my babies in their care but I do think you've got to speak up yes yeah make a bit of noise although they did tell me when I was pushing out my first child that I was maybe making a bit too much noise I seem to remember <laughs> anyway god how exciting Louise I labor's just the most amazing thing I know that's a nuts thing to say but it's just the most exciting exciting thing isn't it yeah, no, it is. I mean, I was just lucky. I felt very lucky with how I, my birth went. But I hesitate to say that because so many women have a, a nightmare. So yeah, personally, it was it was a good experience. It was very empowering. But I think it's just so exciting going, oh my God, I'm about to meet my baby. And that's just, yeah. uh, the yeah. adrenaline just totally. carries you through, doesn't it? Laura, would you agree they're all very different? Yeah, well, actually, all my labours were quite similar in a way. I retained placenta is what I have. So annoyingly all of mine ended up being quite dramatic well, but, what does that mean so it means after the baby's out which i seem to be able to do quite easily and my body then doesn't get rid of the placenta and so it means that after every single one i've had surgery to try and take it out which is highly irritating when you haven't had a time for an epidural and then you have a spinal to god i remember that being quite scary yeah that's what i mean i yeah i had like 10 pints of blood um transfusions i've had yeah that might have been pretty gruesome and a reason why i won't have a fourth but having said that i would still do it again tomorrow because i you know i actually look back at them really fondly even though which is weird that I guess that's nature, isn't it? Even though they were so traumatic, I don't look back at them as anything. Your yeah, brain expunges all the negativity. Yeah, it does. And you, yeah. you just hang on to that, yeah. Oh, God, it makes me really sad I'm not going to do it again. And I'm not, but it's just, God, gutted. Gutted. So on the subject of pregnancy and new babies, I thought it would be interesting for us all to share some of the must-have products that we have sworn by wouldn't have lived without as I guess sort of a new mother uh, so Laura I'm going to start with you Louise I'll give you time to think so Laura can you start me off with what you would say three of your must-haves so if people are listening and maybe they're pregnant with their first or they've got a new baby are there other things that you thought were just a complete godsend? Yeah, I would say for me, I went down the sleepyhead route, which is, I mean, I don't know, how do you even describe a sleepyhead? It's like a tiny little bed for them, which has got a kind of padded around the side. And I didn't really use a Moses basket at all. I just had a sleepyhead and my babies were pretty small and I just found it really, it gave them that support that and kind of comfort that I think they needed and it was also portable it went everywhere with me you know mm. I take it downstairs I take it upstairs I shove it in the back of the car I, for yeah. me it was such a great thing in fact you know they stayed in them until about six months when they were really pushing at the sides and then I actually used the foam from the outside and put when I transitioned them into the cot I then used that to um, give them a bit of support. Yeah, I remember putting them on the island just feeling yeah. that they were so yes. contained. Yeah. I remember someone saying if you use one of those you should put it in their cot so they just get used to exactly. seeing their cot. Um, yeah that's a good one. Okay that's number one. Number two maybe a bit obvious but for me breastfeeding I kind of struggled with a bit. I became completely obsessed with my pump and it was just an absolute God sent to me, I wouldn't have done given them nearly as much breast milk if it wasn't for my pump. So I think, you know, don't beat yourself up if you can't do it the conventional way. And even if you're just doing it through a pump, at least it's getting them in, getting it in there. Can I ask a question? Side note, I didn't breastfeed. And before I'm criticised for that, I would lie in the middle of the road for my children, as we all would. But I just had a thing where I just didn't want to. And I was going back to work. I didn't want to put that pressure on myself. And 
so I didn't. But doesn't everyone not have to have a pump if you breastfeed? Is that not like, do you not have to pump? No, um, I don't think so. No? <clears throat> no, you, it would just mean that every single feed you'd have to have the baby there. So they would be glued to you basically. But the freedom of, like I had a job three weeks after Honor was born that was a two hour drive away and it was a nighttime job. So I had to pump for that. And that was the first time that I did it. So it does give you a bit of freedom. You were driving along, pumping away. Yeah, literally pulled over on the side of the road. It was fun because I wore a nice skirt and makeup and it was mum and dad date night. It was quite a fun party slash job thing. And, you know, never would have done it otherwise. And I thought, yeah, okay, I'm still still alive. <laughs> God, you know, you look back and think, how the hell did I do that, I imagine? Yeah, a little bit. A bit surreal. <laughs> yeah. So pump is key, okay. Uh, And I think nowadays they've got so much better as well. Um, Was it an electric one? Yeah, but I think now I do have a friend who pumped as she drove somewhere the other day. I think they are so, yeah, they are so kind of discreet these days compared to the one that I had. Um, So that would be that. That's a way to get off a speeding ticket, isn't it? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sure they'd let you go, wouldn't they? Terrify them. (laughs) And then my third is they are little H&M leggings that you get and they've got little feet at the bottom i'm fighting you for your third by the way yeah just they are how good are they they just the best. get rid of the poppers these you just have a little vest and then you're not losing socks because they've got feet so they keep their feet warm they're like leggings just... meet tight aren't they exactly yeah with a fold over waistband and they were about 5.99 for a pack of two so i highly recommend them and i think they still do them do you so know what we're talking about Louise? no i'm literally going on my phone right now oh, to my God. find them they are the best thing i have to say and mine lived in those with like a peter pan collar baby grow and a cardigan that's basically yeah. all they wore for they're the best so h&m did those re- louise if you're having a little girl they do these really sweet little peter pan like lace peter pan collars oh, which are again were like 4.99 and just look so expensive. Guys, this is brilliant tips. Their new baby stuff at H&M, mine lived in it. That and Mini La Mode. Does that still exist, Mini La Mode, Baby Grace? I don't know that that still exists, but I'd say that's quite an extravagance, Mini La Mode. Well, I know. When I found out I was having a boy, though, and I had to, in my panic of, (gasps) what's he going to wear? I, pregnant, went and bought about 12 Mini La Mode Baby Grays, which (laughs) all had baby blue smocking. And I was like, phew, it's going to be all right. There's cashmere for boys and Peter Pan collars. So all is well. Yeah, it's tricky, trickier to dress boys, I think. Yeah, but trickier to dress them cheaply, I think, as well. Yes. Whereas girls, it's, you know, there's something in. Oh it. gosh, guys, thanks. Change sprees. Kicked off a shopping spree for me right now. I'm, I'm good. Over it. <laughs> go to a, go to a big one, but they are the best. Those. Louise, what are your yes. three must-haves? I'm really glad to be asked that now because you learn quite a lot. And, and yeah. I think your first round, you get gifted or you, um, you know, friends give you lovely, frilly, sweet things that they wear once or, or things for you that aren't that helpful. And then you figure out, actually, it's the real doers of products that kind of work and make life easier and mean, mean you get eight more minutes of sleep that you, <laughs> as a, already being a mum, I'm, I'm going back to. And they're not always the most glamorous, frilly things. But for me, there's a brand called Mori, Baby Mori, and they yeah. do the softest onesies and sleep bags. So Honor wore those actually all the way through because she was in little preemie size at first. And what I like is that they have lots with feet on them. So you're not adding socks that then fall off. Cause fall off, never such pain. Babies. And, and those mittens. sock covers are also, sorry, just side note on socks. They so, look extraordinary, don't they, I think. And I'm yes. really sorry, but I can't cope with those things yeah. that hold on children's socks. Well, those remind me of like, you know, when in, in the sort of old days, men used to wear bike clips around yes. there. Yes, <laughs> It's been annoying me as to what they look like. They look yes. medical or like a yes, exactly. So um, I like how to sort of sort of period drama, and yeah. they also have little fold over mittens, I suppose, that are attached to the sleeves. So from a you know practical sense and a soft sense, and it's all organic cotton. So I love that brand. Then I really like the Halo bassinet. I know Laura was talking about was it's called a docotot in the US what did you call yours Laura oh, okay a sleepy head sleepy head is same thing and again like you when she was tiny weeny she would sleep in the sleepy head and I put that inside the halo bassinet and then when they grow you kind of take out the, the is halo head. a but brand halo is a brand yeah oh, and, um, I, don't know. I like it because it's all breathable and safe 
and you can lower it to exactly the same height as your mattress. I was scared to have her in the bed with me. I just thought, oh God, I'm so tired. What if I rolled yeah. into her hand or something? So I liked feeling like she was in bed with me and you can even lower the side so that when you And does it attach to your bed? Oh. Uh, no, no, it's just okay. like, it's just on the same level and you can you can lower the little side of it to, to sort of reach for them when you're breastfeeding. It just makes okay. life a bit easier. And then I also... You know, for like a good eight months, you're lugging this big nappy bag around with you everywhere you go. And some of them are just so ugly. (laughs) So there's actually my favourite fashion brand, Cezanne, which I love. It's not officially a nappy bag, but I've just bought one. It's quilted and... Oh, I've seen it. They're so pretty. Really cute. They do different prints. I got the blue print because I'm thinking summer dresses. Yes, that's going to look cute. And then my sort of unofficial fourth item would definitely be a great... Malbec. That's definitely mummy juice that you know. <laughs> oh, you do mean wine? I do. Um, I'm I do it after she's born. But listen, I'm like I'm obviously in moderation. But I think my old doctor in LA was like, "Happy mom," you know. And I'm guys. I'm not talking about getting drunk. I just a little soupçon. Once the the little one is in bed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Here, here. I'm all Can about everything more? in moderation. You know. So weirdly, I remember I did fancy alcohol at the end of my pregnancies. I remember saying to my husband, like, let's pack a bottle of champagne to take to the hospital. And actually, weirdly, I just didn't feel like it for quite a while. No, I can imagine, especially not in the hospital. But even yeah. like for a few, quite a few weeks afterwards, I remember thinking, oh, oh I'll be really? back on it and not oh, really. Second night, I was like, I can't a little bit <laughs> just a little sip. But I think it is you know, totally up to the individual. It's funny, I did crave it my entire pregnancy. And I remember me too. he once found me sniffing a bottle of tequila (laughs) in LA. And he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I just need to smell it. (laughs) I I, I totally get that. I used to smoke when I was younger. And I remember stopping. And the only way I managed not to take it up again was to smell other people's cigarettes. Just revolting, (laughs) isn't it? But kind of, but... Um, Georgie what about you I had to think really hard about this because I just can't remember now but actually like you said Louise you quite often don't discover until a bit later and I think two of them I only really had with my third but the Tommy Tippy perfect prep bottle making machine that's a mouthful isn't it basically it's a machine you put the bottle under the machine and it fills it with water at exactly the right temperature so you can put the formula straight in and give it to them you don't have to put the water in the bottle and wait for it to cool I kind of thought it was a bit gimmicky and I absolutely swore by it as did she as did the friends I've then lent it to I think it's about 100 quid if you're early on in your children having journey I like invest in one I think that's brilliant the other thing that I didn't get until my third was a baby Bjorn bouncer I bought some stupid electrical one yeah I had a I had a electrical one that sang really annoying nursery rhymes and was really difficult to wash and get back on the bars and with memes like yeah I got her a baby Bjorn that's and it's just so simple but just she loved it yeah, those are good those are good yeah, um, which so, anyway, good. so obvious but yeah as I said I got some funky thing which was not so good and then my third which mm-hmm. they all had was miracle swaddles and I know that Advice is a bit mixed on swaddling, but I swaddled all of mine and they're brilliant because they had sort of bits that stuck out. They were sort of a bit triangular, but I'm not a medical person, so you know, each to their own. And I know there is a bit of conflicting advice on it, but for me, it worked really well. My babies all slept really well and quite quickly through the night. So yeah, I'm Same, yeah. But anyway, the Miracle Swaddles are brilliant. You can get them on Amazon. I highly recommend them. Thank you all. Uh, Hopefully that's been useful to people listening. Now, today's podcast is actually sponsored by La Roche-Posay and in particular their Lipicar range. We are huge fans of La Roche-Posay and Louise, we came to you today because we know that you are also a huge fan of Lipicar. Uh, So we thought we'd talk about it for a little bit. It's a moisturising balm. Can you tell us a bit more about it, about why you love it, how you use it? So I'll make the story brief, but I've got like a sort of long-standing history. When Honor was born, she had really bad eczema and we went to four different dermatologists just to get sort of help. And I tried every product under the roof. And La Roche-Posay was already in my toiletry bag. I use quite a few of their products, including the uh, face wash. And their Lipicar Baum AP&M is actually 
brilliant. It got rid of her eczema. It's anti-itch. It gets rid of dry skin and flare-ups. And it's awful seeing your little baby in pain, you know. And that worked incredibly quickly. And I didn't always have to use it every day either. It tends to work for at least 48 hours. And it's dermatologically tested, hypoallergenic. It ticks every box. And the one thing I did learn from all those derms was that actually the less ingredients a product has, the better for irritable Mm. skin. Um, It's not necessarily about having natural ingredients or it's about less and no fragrance. And that's what this does. It really works. But then I got some nice outbreaks of eczema around my eye during pregnancy. So I've been using the same product on my eye and on my tummy because it's so hydrating and I don't want stretch marks. So we kind of share the bottle, which is brilliant, you know. Yeah. Can I say, I so wish I had had this product because like you were saying with Anna, my eldest, she had really bad eczema and they all did. And it's so stubborn and it's so hard to get rid of. And I put ointments in the bath. I mean, you name it, I bought it. And it was really, really, really hard to budge. But I have heard this is a really good product. So no, it's um, really I, good. And I, I have really been through them all. I, speaking of the bath, I even made this sort of homemade porridge OT bath yes! thing. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> so have I. You do everything, so don't nice. you, as a mummy? Um, yeah. But no, this is a, it's brilliant. And the fact that I use it too is great. Yeah, well, I love it. Their SPF is really good. Um, but I haven't, I need to get myself some of this. Laura, was eczema something that you struggled with with your children or were you all right? No, my, yeah, number one, again, maybe it's to do with number ones. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my daughter gets it really, really badly. And like you, Louise, we have seen dermatologist after dermatologist. And actually, at the moment, it is quite under control, which I actually think as well as to do with not wearing tights all the time in the winter. I think that seems to be one of the the pluses of lockdown is that she's not in school tights every day because behind her legs gets pretty evil. So I'm definitely going to give this a try. That's a really good point, actually, with the tights. You have to be careful. And if you can, you know, things like organic cotton or breathable materials really help as well. I know, I feel so mean, but like last year I'd sent her in, even in the snow, in pulled up socks can't deal with your eczema coming back to that level again we're nearly at the end of the podcast but I wanted to ask you if there were any books that you've read as expectant new mothers or or not so new mothers um, that you found helpful that you might recommend to other mothers or seem to be listening Laura, yep. I'll start with you. I haven't actually read that much, I have to admit, now they're older. But there's a book called Your Baby Week by Week, which was my absolute Bible each time because you forget. Um, and it's like little chapters based on the week of their age. And I used to feed in the middle of the night and just read it. And you, know, you would li- it's only a few pages, so it's really digestible. And it just helped me understand what they were doing. Mm. Each and week. What's it was normal. absolutely amazing exactly it was a real bible for me and as I said I used it with all three so mm. I highly recommend that I think in that same series there's a what to expect in the first year or something book yeah I think you're does, right yeah. it's along those lines I would really recommend one of those actually because there's so much change and you're going oh, is that okay is that okay and actually it tells you that it is okay I think yeah it's a good one Raising Boys is a good book that's a really good book because I think you do have to approach boys in a different way. I think part of being a parent is just knowing that it's normal and that other people. I remember a mother at school telling me once that she actually, her children were fighting so much, she just left the house. She said, I'm going. And she left, she closed the front door, locked them in, and walked around the block and came back. She said she got back and it was absolutely silent. And they just, <laughs> they, they, they were like, Is she coming back? What have we done? Blah, blah, blah. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, if Claire's leaving them, has left the house because they're fighting so much, then it is normal. And other people saying their children sort of throwing themselves on the kitchen floor before they've even got to school. And you're like, oh, well, mine didn't do that, but he did that. So that's okay. And we're all, I think it's just understanding you're not alone. And there's that. Yeah. That's what some of these books give you. Um, Other books I've read are, I have to say I'm a big Gina Ford girl. It's not for everybody. Pinch of salt. But for me... I was really about routines and I really wanted my children to sleep through the night because I'm not very good at getting up in the night. And I found her books really good. Yeah, so... I think, as you say, take it with a pinch of salt. But the the kind of premise of the routine, it does work if you want your baby to sleep. 
Yeah. But and I, I did. the way I wanted, she phrases things. Yeah, I know. I wanted them to sleep at two hours at lunchtime so I could have a sleep too or have a friend for lunch or whatever it was. And um, the other book that I loved was French Children Don't Throw Food, which I highly recommend. I remember them saying about sleeping through the night that in France, once a child is over 10 weeks and 10 pounds or something, they just put them in a room, shut the door and go back 12 hours later. And <laughs> child should be sleeping through the night. Anyway, bit extreme but it talks about things like lab pause and how every time you go to a child or something you just should pause and wait because if you respond the minute they demand something then you're just setting bad habits so just wait take a little pause and anyway uh, yeah I've got a friend who's had her babies in Paris and she said that she was taught that before she was even left the hospital I think it's a really good tip oh lab pause yeah I I actually thought it was a again pinch of salt but it does just make you think of things in a different way uh louise what about you what are your bibles exactly the same as laura um my friend gave me your baby week by week which is by simone cave and dr caroline fertelman it's on my bedside table just (laughs) warmed up for the next one (laughs) the reason i like it is because it's so bite-sized it really is short and when you're so tired that you can barely see straight you can manage that chapter and and you just yeah. really do do it one by week by week um so that was very good and there's a prequel to french children don't throw food i can't remember the name of it but that mm. is the one i read it's a bit more biographical of the american journalist who moves to paris with her husband and their baby or toddler and kind of seeing it through her eyes and i found that really interesting because being in america being european having a baby there but wanting to sort of feel you know learn about the the european way because it is a little bit different but again i I can't think what it's called yeah it's fantastic and i just took i think with all these things it's really important to take what you want and believe from it and not feel any pressure to to do something that just doesn't sit well with you but it's still interesting and it was quite entertaining and um and then i've got a book recommendation that's not a sort of baby guide but it's a really lovely book for lockdown right now and it's it's old it's called delight taking pleasure in the small things in life and it's by the famous playwright jb Priestley. he was commissioned after the war to write something uplifting for the nation and it basically is tiny little vignettes of things that don't cost any money don't even necessarily mean leaving your house that can make you laugh and happy and it's brilliant and there's one like there's a whole chapter on making the perfect gin and tonic and it's just (laughs) irreverent beautifully written yeah it's a beautiful leather-bound read book and Dolly Alderton recommended it a couple of years ago and well just... that should have been my Valentine's presents I yes. might do a retrospective <laughs> the way Brilliant. he writes I mean he even taught one of the chapters is like reading a murder novel in bed and it has to be under the covers but he just beautifully puts it so it's great oh that sounds like a really good present I love that yeah uh, well that should keep everyone busy and um, before we finish Laura, you have a very measured approach to motherhood and I always love your tips and advice and you're quite unfazed by things and yeah, you often have wise words. Can you give us some, some parting words of wisdom? One of the best tips that I have carried through is just everything is a phase. So it won't last forever. So if your child's waking up at 4.50 every morning for what feels like forever, it's probably only three weeks and it will stop. Likewise, if they're being fussy about a food, that will end. So I think keep everything in your mind as it's a phase and it will pass. My daughter struggled with her number twos, shall I say. And I remember it feeling like it was about my entire life was dedicated to getting her to solve this issue. And I remember somebody said to me, she won't be doing it when she's 21. And yeah. as soon as I was told that, I kind of relaxed a bit. And, you know, yeah. needless to say, within a year, it was all sorted. So I'd say that is one of mine. And then I think just, as you said earlier, do what's right for you. Like, if for me, getting up and putting makeup on and getting out the door was what kind of helped me stay sane. For somebody else, it might be staying in bed and not getting out of bed for three weeks. And I think it's just each down to the individual. I remember people always saying to me, oh, my God, how are you up and dressed and doing this? And it was just the way that I found that I coped. I wasn't trying to prove myself to anybody. It was just for my sanity, I guess, that I wanted to feel yeah. like myself. Um, it does I help, think I think. Are... That's great advice in general right now, whether you're mm. pregnant or having a baby yeah. or not. I've got makeup on today and the difference. <laughs> yeah, you do, don't you? 
it might sound yeah. um, I mean that I've made a career out of doing that I do makeovers for women and that is something I believe really strongly in its boost of self-esteem and confidence and it doesn't have to be hours of glam it's just little things that make you feel better definitely right and I say my final one is just I was the biggest routine I wanted my baby in a routine as soon as possible and I think you're hard pushed to get them sleeping through the night until nine weeks and I gave it everything in my power. So, but I have friends that have babies that are like five days old. And they're like, how can I get it into a routine? I just don't think you can until they're a bit older and they're a bit heavier. So I go easy on yourself with that. I think 10 weeks is, a, that was my goal. Takes a while to get there, doesn't it? Louise, what about you? I'd say there's a fine line between hysterical tears and hysterical laughter and if you can there were there were some moments my my husband is a fun you know he'll see the humorous side in everything and that's why I love him and there were moments where I literally it could have gone very dark and he made me laugh so just try and choose the okay lols this is ridiculous I've got poo all over me I haven't you know it's just there are those moments where you think you're going mad and you can have a giggle if you try and then I think the second thing would be be really mindful of what you watch on tv because you are so hormonal very vulnerable and fragile and for me I was very aware of how overly emotional upset I would get if I watched anything that wasn't happy and funny and I remember watching Paddington Bear and it was the perfect medicine oh. just in those first few those first few well the movie I should say the grown-up movie not a children's cartoon um, but I think it might sound trivial but actually what you read no. and watch what you're feeding yourself again this is actually quite good advice just for general COVID times but it does affect your mood and your how you're feeling so yeah choose the happy stuff yeah and Georgie what about you I get I will I'll get in trouble for this someone said to me no child ever died from crying and when they're having a tantrum or screaming in the middle of the night and actually they just needed to go back to sleep or whatever it was just going back to that pause and knowing that they'll be okay and you can leave them for a few minutes and they might just fall back to sleep or they might just get distracted from their tears um, because they were nearer the laughter than they were upset I found and, and also just that babies do cry so you don't you can't solve everything they cry about they are yeah. gonna cry so yeah I agree with that you can leave them just for a moment. Yeah, it's their only way of showing any emotion, isn't it? The other thing I always say to new mothers is that time has never killed anyone either. And you will go to sleep, you know, at the end of the day and you will get through your tiredness. So you just have to dig deep. Tomorrow's another day and it will come. And... Yeah, and find somebody else that's doing it too so you can laugh about it. Agreed. And now, yeah, that was the other thing I was going to say. Is I think in those early days, try and do something, have something in your diary, see somebody every day. You don't need to see four people. That's too much. And that will send you over the edge. But just... In those early days when you're on your own with, I think, especially with your first new little baby, just having someone in the diary to see and have a moan with or whatever is is a good distraction, helpful, comforting. Um, ladies, thank you so much. Thank it's you. Nice. It's, like, it's like a trip down memory lane. I'm sure people can tell that we quite enjoyed it from all that labour chat. <laughs> Louise, so much luck with number two. Thank you. Um, I hope that the, the coming weeks go smoothly for you and we'll look forward to hearing what she's called. Have you got a name? Yeah. We have sort of, but I think you need to okay. meet them yeah. to be sure. But thank yeah. you guys. It's been lovely. I've learned so much as well. Oh, lovely to chat. Thank you so much to La Roche-Posé. And thank you, Louise. Thank you, Laura. That's it for today. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, leave us a comment and come back soon. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.